Hey everybody, and welcome to Rabbit's Ramblings Podcast 85. There's no levels here. Enjoy the show! I've been playing multiplayer slash co-op online games with lately have been playing Left 4 Dead 2. It's pretty fun. Get to kill a lot of zombies. There is something very different and kind of old school about it, which is kind of odd these days. There are no levels, there are no talents, and there really isn't even loot. I mean, there are some weapons, but if you play for an hour You pretty much see them all. I've seen several, and I don't think there's any I haven't seen. So you pretty much see and do everything there is within the first few hours of playing. Also, there are only four character models, you know, four characters to pick from, and I think only one person can be each character. So it's very strange in that there is no real attachment to your character. There's no real sort of motivation to play other than having fun because the only thing you unlock are achievements, which is like, you know, I don't really care about achievements. They're cool, but it's like, you know, I don't go out bragging about them or trying to get every last one. So it seems very strange because, you know, we're playing and we're progressing in the story, but it's like, what do we gain for progressing in the story? We have a really great fun time together and that's, you know, cool and that's you know, how it was back in the day before achievements and before sort of, you know, online persistent characters existed. You know, you'd get together with your friends, you'd play a game, and that would be it. You know, whatever progress you made in the game was pretty much lost unless you have, like, a save code. And so this is sort of a throwback to those times. But since online progress has been saved for a number of years now, It seems very strange to see a game, even though, you know, the game came out several years ago, it seems very strange to not see that sort of progress in the game. I would think that there would be unlockable clothing choices, more than four characters to pick from, things like talents, you know, that you could spec for certain weapons or maybe unlock certain abilities for certain weapons. But again, it seems odd in that you know, those first few hours you play, you've probably done everything you're going to do in the game. Now, again, that doesn't mean it's not fun. It just seems very odd. There's no sort of incentive to keep playing. There's no sort of incentive to, you know, kill a bunch of zombies and get experience and get, you know, more talents and get better at certain things. You just have the weapon you have, and that's it. It never will change unless you change, you know, that specific weapon. So it's like, they'll come on, and they'll be like, do you want to play? And I'll be like, yeah, let's have fun playing the game, and it's a good time. But when we're not playing, I don't feel particularly compelled to, you know, rush out and say, I really want to play this, I really miss this, or, you know, I want to work on my character some, well, you know, their friends are offline, so I can unlock this cool talent or ability, because there's none of that. I expect we'll still play again, but if we don't play again, it's not like I'll feel like I'm missing it. It's fun, it's cool, but it definitely needs a solid group of fun people to play with. 
because there isn't any kind of persistent online character growth, I guess you could say, to categorize it all. Because there aren't levels, there aren't unlocks for talents or even just silly clothing items, which seems very, very strange to me. What seems more strange is that it has been a number of years since Left 4 Dead 1 came out. Left 4 Dead 2 came out pretty quickly after it and got actually a pretty big backlash at the time because it came out so quickly after Left 4 Dead 1. But what seems very strange is that, to my knowledge, no competing franchises have started up a zombie apocalypse game that has these kind of features. I know in some of the more popular first-person shooter series, they have a zombie mode, and I suppose that is sort of similar in a way, but it would seem like somebody would, you know, copy the Left 4 Dead formula and say, hey, we can make this cooler by adding, you know, more mission types or more environments or, you know, customization of characters and levels and talents, but nobody has done that. I find that kind of odd. It makes me wonder, too, you know, when exactly did I change? Because I have been playing games, you know, as long as they've been around. So there are certainly far more games and years that I have played where there have not been, you know, persistent online character growth, as it were. And yet I feel so strange that Left 4 Dead 2 doesn't have it. I wonder when in me that changed as well. some quick iOS stuff to talk about. The first thing is, I believe, a universal app. It is called the Bowling Dead, though the app just says Bowling Dead on it once you put it on your phone or whatever. It is by Activision. It is made by Slant 6 Games. It is free, though like many things, it has coin unlocks. You get some coins for free to start, but you probably want to save them for special things. As a note, though, as of right now, it does kind of crash and gets some really heavy slowdown times. I expect they will fix that in the future, but I experienced a crash when I was playing, and there were a few comments on the main page for it that said that somebody crashed so much he couldn't actually play at all. The premise was a little strange, though, because it's like a zombie apocalypse, and you're this guy hiding in an alley, and you find this bag with a special bowling ball that's marked as something like, you know, prototype defense against zombies. It is basically a bowling game. You have a ball and you roll it down what is basically an alley and hit zombies. The graphics are really good, especially when the zombies come in and get you and attack you. They, you know, take up the whole screen and so they look really good. They actually have different stuff going on, like different hats or sunglasses or whatever, so they look different each time, pretty much. The sound is basic, but it's good. The voice that the character does does get a little repetitive after a while. I don't think you can control that separately from the other sounds. Oh, speaking of sounds, 
you can mute the music and sounds if you want, and your music or podcast will still play through, so you can listen to other stuff while it is going. I don't think right or left-handed would matter, and I don't think being colorblind or not colorblind would also matter, though the game is kind of dark. The bowling itself is a little bit odd in terms of controls, because you have to touch the screen and then pull back and then flick forward to launch the ball. It doesn't seem very accurate. A lot of the times the ball will go forward, but it will have a really heavy spin instead of going at an angle, like I was trying to, you know, shoot it to the side. You only have a small number of balls to start the game. And then if you kill enough zombies, you pass the stage and go to the next stage. If you run out of balls, they will get up on you and do melee. And it turns into a sort of cool minigame. Three little lines will appear, not necessarily in a straight row. And you slash the zombies according to the lines. And if you kill the zombie instead of him killing you, you can use his head as a single ball. It looks like there are 19 total stages, and I've only played to stage 5. I think you can continue a game pretty much at any stage you want if you come in after you've already, you know, stopped playing. But starting at stage 5, there are two lanes. So you'll have to sort of turn and hit some zombies in one lane and then turn and then hit them in another lane. There are special balls you can buy, like one I unlocked was like an exploding one. You launch it and then tap it and it will explode where it is. And there was another one that I didn't buy that was a disco ball. I assume it might attract them or something. And then there was like a saw blade one that when you click it, it will stop where it is and it will spin around and cut the zombies down. Overall, the game seems okay, but with resources being so short and you need to unlock stuff to increase your resources. I don't know that it seems all that great. It seems like you could kill a few minutes here and there, but it doesn't seem like anything that would really keep my interest for long. It is free, so you know, you may as well go ahead and go pick it up if it sounds like something you might be interested in. Check it out, decide for yourself. I think though if you are looking for a zombie killing game, Though it is probably not free, I bought it quite some time ago, you might want to look at Zombie Flick, which is a similar sort of thing. You have junk, and then you flick it at the zombies, and there's like four different possible alleyways they could be coming from, and depending on which stage you're at, more or less will come from different directions. Anyways, so, you know, in terms of a flick-type game, the controls and the sort of overall design of Zombie Flick seemed a lot more fun to me than the Bowling Dead. But like I said, you know, it's free. So if you are interested, you might want to check out the Bowling Dead. This is the second free game I have seen from Activision. And it seems like they might be trying to make a name for themselves in the mobile space. Pitfall I actually liked quite a bit. It is a perpetual running game. I suppose I could talk about that really quickly. I hadn't played any other perpetual running games but it's like you go forward and you swipe to turn certain directions or swipe to jump or swipe to duck. I played it actually quite a bit. My only problem with it was that it used to message me even with the messages turned off and so it's like I would get these random messages and think somebody's calling me or somebody's paging me. Now it's just the game telling me such and such is on sale or some crap. 
And it's like, you know, I'm not really interested in that. I like your game. It's fun. I like to have it on my phone. But now that you've messaged me four or five times, that's getting annoying and I'm going to have to delete your crap. So again, you know, Pitfall is a very cool game. But because of the way it's designed, I don't know. Yeah, it couldn't turn off the messages for some reason, even with notifications turned off both in the game and in my settings. So it was just too annoying. I I took it off my phone and I don't play it anymore. But in terms of graphics and sound, it was very cool. Uh, Left or right-handed is fine because you're swiping. I think colorblind would be totally fine because it's just pretty much you, you duck or jump over stuff and it's all very differently colored from the background. And from what I recall, you could turn off the sound and music so you could listen to music or podcasts if you wanted. It's free from what I recall. And again, you know, I would recommend it. I'd like to play it a lot. But because of those annoying notifications, it's like, you know, I got to get this off my phone. This is really annoying. I suppose if you get like a lot of notifications in general, it probably wouldn't matter. You'd probably just, you know, kind of ignore it. But for me, as somebody who never did get notifications, it was too annoying. So I took it off my phone. I'm not sure what Verticus patched into the game. But it's still crap. But, you know, it wasn't very fun. I played a few times. It still had the same major problems. Especially since I deleted all the data off my phone, it didn't remember what purchases I had made. I didn't actually spend any money. So I did still have, you know, the 2,000 coins that I would get to rebuy my talents. But it looked like, you know, it said there was this and this to repower your health or armor. And as I was flying through the game, I didn't see any of that in the first few minutes, so... I don't know, it didn't seem very interesting to me. I still think maybe it should be like free or $1, and then it would probably be okay. But I don't know, I still do not recommend it. I still say people should probably avoid it. It's not that great of a game. It seemed like it was a repeated pattern, so it would be the exact same pattern every time, which, you know, makes it even less interesting. I don't know, I was not into it at all. Once upon a time, Quite a long time ago, there was a console-like system called a Vectrex. I say console-like because it was a little tiny screen, I would guess somewhere around 7 inches, and it had a box around it, which was, you know, the console itself. And there were two controllers attached to it, I think. And you would put sort of a colored gel screen thing in front of it, so it would change from, you know, just being the base white color to whatever colors the game's screen was in, which allowed them to have different UIs, you know, built right onto the thing. And then you would plug in a cartridge. And it was a vector-based graphics system. And it was pretty cool for the day. It came out a long time ago, like maybe I want to say 25 years ago. But they have released a new, I believe it is a universal app. So you can grab that if you want. It only comes with one game, though. You have to pay for other games. And the one game I played was really kind of confusing and just kind of bad because, you know, the phone is super high resolution. And with it being vector-based graphics, you know, having two or three dots on the screen as, you know, a bullet, for example, I could barely see it on my phone. Whereas, you know, on a, you know, on a 7-inch screen that was, you know, high-res for the day, but, you know, probably maybe three or 400 pixels across... You know, that would be really easy to see then. But on, you know, a screen that is much, much higher resolution, the elements were just so tiny, I really couldn't see anything. 
and the control scheme was a bit odd. There was rotating your ship, which you hold down on the screen, and then there was like thrust and warp and shoot and some other thing as an actual kind of virtual button at the bottom of the screen. So the controls were really kind of confusing to me. I suppose if you're really into retro gaming, it might be worth looking at. But again, I don't know that it would be really good because those elements are so small on the, you know, a little screen. I think you're going to have a really hard time seeing it. It was a very cool thought to see come out, and I was super excited about seeing it and maybe picking up some stuff. But when I actually played it, you know, again, it's just really too hard to see. So I wouldn't say, you know, that I would recommend picking it up or avoiding it. I would say it might be caution and decide on your own. You can grab the the free one for free. So just go ahead and grab that if you are interested. It is pure coincidence that last time I talked about Karateka, one of the very early karate games that was very cool, because this week I have the remake to talk about. I knew they were making a remake of it, and so when I saw that it was out, I grabbed it immediately, which I probably shouldn't have, but you can hear my rambling on why that is. It is out for many different systems. It is made by the same guy who made the original Karateka, I guess the story you can find in many different places is that he was a college student at Yale, and he did it kind of by himself in his free time. And it just became one of the sort of defining games of that era, mostly because I think it was a pretty cool game, but there was a lot of cinematic sequences, and there was a lot of story and sort of emotion told through how the characters were animated And so that made it really kind of stand out from everything else. There wasn't a whole lot of, you know, karate games at the time. But I think that the story and animation really were what stood out about the game and has really held it in high regard for so many years. The remake is very true to the original in that sense. There is still no voice acting, even though it'd be, you know, pretty easy to do that these days. The story is still told through animation and a lot of facial expression now. And, you know, character movement and how they look overall. And even very subtle movements they make. You have three lives to try and save the princess. And it's told in sort of an interesting way. When you are defeated for a life, you know, you lose a life. Your guy is tossed off the cliff that they had to climb to get to the castle. And it shows it, you know, his body flying past the next person. And the next person is a totally different guy. He looks different, he acts different, he has different kind of expressions. And you get a little 15 second sort of animated story about his backstory and why he hopes he can marry the princess. So I think this is very cool. You know, it's it's a interesting twist on the why do you have three lives kind of scenario. The graphics are really minimal. They have sort of an animated 3D kind of quality to them. You know, if you were watching an animated 3D show, it seems pretty easy on specs, so it should run just fine on any 
gaming system, which has been around for even a few years. I know they were developing it for iOS as well as computers, and it looks like it would run, you know, no problem on that as well. I don't know if I'd want to play it on there. But the game is still true to its original roots, and that it's really about timing and sort of knowing what your enemy is going to do more about than, than it is, you know, just straight up button mashing. You have to time your blocks and you have to time your attacks. And so it's very easy on players in that regard compared to, you know, other fighter games that are out today. I got it on sale for basically 9 bucks is 10% off, so I would assume that it is 10 bucks normally. I would recommend it to anyone who is a fan of the original, but with the cautionary comment that even though you only have three lives, you can restart, you know, wherever your last guy is. So you basically can, you know, finish without, you know, having to restart. You just keep continuing. So since I did that first playthrough in like 35 minutes, you know, if I play through and get really good and finish it with the first character, you know, that might take another hour maybe a couple hours. So I would guess I will probably spend maybe four hours with the game total, which again, for, you know, spending like 10 bucks, seems kind of pricey. That's somewhere, you know, around 250 an hour if I spend that much time with it. If I only play it for three hours, then that's like three bucks an hour. And that's kind of pricey in terms of, you know, dollar to hour ratio. So I would say it is very good, but I would recommend caution and, you know, be sure that you really want to play a game that is that short and kind of that old school. I think while some newer players may find it a refreshing break, others might find it kind of just very slow and boring and not very interesting. So I would say, you know, watch some reviews of it, maybe, maybe check it out on YouTube. No doubt people will put the full playthrough on YouTube. Maybe wait for it on sale and, um, you know, decide based on your needs and interests and go from there. I have picked up a new show lately, although it's only a few episodes and there are web episodes, so it is very short. It also released about a year and a half ago. It is Mortal Kombat Legacy, which is a mostly live-action show based on the really awesome trailer that came out probably, I want to say, like seven years ago. But it was pretty good. It started out kind of really strong and then kind of was meh through most of the series. It is a sort of more serious take on the Mortal Kombat characters. The movies that came out quite a while ago got kind of silly and over the top. I really like the first movie. It is still one of my favorite video game movies of all time. But the second and third movies were just kind of meh. And there was a series, a live action series with like teenagers which just didn't make any sense to me so 
I only watched a couple of episodes, and I'm like, this makes no sense. The characters are, like, between 16 and 20 years old. So I didn't pick up that series. But I guess this series aired on Machinima Prime about a year and a half ago, and it's pretty good. If you are a hardcore Mortal Kombat fan, you might want to check it out. They have gotten approval for a second season, which is good because the first season they have up there, which is about an hour and a half if you watch them all, but that season is really just an introduction to each of the characters. There's a little bit of fighting, but not as much as I would have liked. And so I think a second season will really start to get the ball rolling, as it were, if the series is to continue past that. But if you are a hardcore Mortal Kombat fan, and you do remember the live-action trailer that was very serious that came out a few years ago, you should check it out. It's pretty good. And, you know, it's online, so it's free. So I guess that is it for this Rabbit's Fumblings podcast. Before I get into any other closing stuff, I would like to say a note about Mark of the Ninja. I finished the game, and it gets really kind of twisted up and puzzly in the end. Some things change. I won't say any spoilers of it. But what you can do in terms of abilities change and how you have to interact with levels changes a little bit. So it does get kind of more puzzle-oriented in the later levels. But after you finish it, you do unlock this plus mode, which is, you know, a redo of the game in a harder setting. So there is a harder difficulty setting, but you have to finish the game. And you get to keep your talents and all the gear that you have, you know, unlocked and available. So you can go through with the different costume you've unlocked, or you can, you know, do different equipment, or you can try for different achievements, you know, whatever you want in a harder mode. So that seems pretty cool and something to look forward to. I can't really think of anything else to say other than I did get my tires taken care of. The donations that I got last time and the extra work shift I did basically cover it and it balances out to, you know, zero so I can keep what little in savings I have. But I am still, you know, pretty worried because that savings is very small. It's not really a savings to speak of. And it's 75 bucks. That's like you can't really do anything with that. Car emergencies are pretty much, you know, a couple hundred bucks a pop. And, you know, unless it's a bigger thing, and then it's even more than that, five or six hundred bucks. And it's like my shoes now have some holes in them, not all the way through, but like there's that bottom layer that touches the ground, and then sort of that air pocket layer, and then the layer on top. And my new shoes that I just got, like, you know, a year and a half ago or whatever, have holes in the bottom on both sides. And it doesn't look like I can go to get them resold, as it were. If you go to a shoe repair place, they can basically cut the bottom off of a shoe and put a new bottom on there. But this looks like it's, you know, a single piece fused into the rest of the shoe. So I don't think they can repair it. They probably can with my older boots. So I'll consider doing that. But that's just, you know, another thing that's like upsetting and makes me sad because, you know, I just paid like 125 bucks for them. Just like, you know, a year and a half ago. So it's like, I expected they would last several years 
before they start going bad, and now they're already going bad. And my sweater has a bunch of holes in it, and it's really bad, so I need a new sweater too. So it's just, you know, all this stuff. It's like I only have 75 in savings. And even with that, you know, my budget goes down to zero and even a little bit below zero when we get into, like, you know, February-ish time. So it's like I really don't have any money for, like, anything. So it's very sad and stressful for me, even though, you know, we averted the tire emergency and everything should be okay with that. Things still seem like they are falling apart and very sad. But I'm trying to keep my spirits up, as always. And hopefully, people out there enjoy my ramblings. And so that makes me you know, a little happy to think that people out there enjoy my rambling stuff. And maybe even save some people some money. Or help them you know, make some decisions. I don't know what else to say for this time. So I guess that is it. And hopefully I'll see everybody next time. Okay, thanks, bye. I reflect on my reflection And I ask myself the question What's the right direction to go? I don't know Flawless Victory You have been listening to Rabbit's Ramblings. If you would like to see the show notes or feed the bunny by sending a donation, you can find the show website at www.rabbit.com slash podcast slash rabbitsramblings.html. If you would like to send me an email, you can do so at rabbit at rabbit.com. If you friend me, you can also post on Facebook at rabbit.com. You can follow me on Twitter and YouTube at rabbitdotcom. It's rabbit.com, but with not a period. When you type rabbit's ramblings, don't use the space. And be sure to put the number one in place of I whenever you type rabbit. Rabbit's Ramblings is copyright 2012 and is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike license.